news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We glorify you and we magnify your great name. We pray for the victims and families of another senseless mass shooting in Texas, California, and Michigan. Hear our prayer, Lord, as we have prayed for mass shooting victims too many times over the last couple of months. We pray for the regular listeners of this podcast and for the new listeners. Bless them as only you can. We pray the blood of Jesus over ADHD. We pray that your word will go forth. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do in the name of the radiance of God's glory, Jesus Christ. Amen. We continue our series on the teaching methods of Jesus. And last week, we learned that Jesus used discourse, contrast, parable and explanation, and projects to teach. This week, we start with Jesus using a model prayer to teach his disciples how to pray. In Luke, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 4, the disciples saw Jesus pray, and they wanted to imitate him. They had firsthand accounts of what a strong prayer life could do spiritually. My friends, if you have much prayer, you will have much power. And if you have little prayer, you will have little power. So Jesus teaches his disciples a model prayer. The prayer begins with the direct address to the Father, saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Simple, straight to the point, addressed to God, recognizing that he is our Father. We can address him as Father when we belong to him. We cannot be absentee sons and daughters and call God our Father. In the model prayer, Jesus asked for five things. First, he asked for God's name to be hallowed or treated as holy. The second request was that your kingdom come. My brothers and sisters in Christ, the coming of the kingdom was at the forefront of the message of Jesus, the message of John the Baptist, the message of the apostles, and so it should be the message of every Christian. When Jesus gave his third request, our daily bread, he shows that he is aware that we need food to sustain life. The crowds that followed Jesus were there not only for the miracles of healing, but also because he had miraculously fed thousands of hungry people. During the height of the COVID pandemic, I volunteered at a local food bank and cars were lined up for a half a mile to receive vital nourishment. Most were so appreciative of the boxes of meat, and we should be the same way, appreciative of God providing for our daily food source. Thank him daily for the food in the pantry. Thank him daily for the food in the refrigerator. Thank him for the food in the freezer. And for those of you who don't cook, thank him for the ability to make reservations. The fourth request concerns man's relationship to God, the forgiveness of sins. My comrades for Christ, I cannot start my day without first asking God to forgive me of my sins. In asking for forgiveness of sins, 
A person shows faith that God will forgive. Not might, not maybe, not perhaps, not perchance, not weather permitting, but he 100% will forgive you. Now here's the part that gets most people. You have to ask him to forgive you. If Jesus put it in his model prayer, it must be important. The fifth request is, lead us not into temptation. Now growing up as a curious and inquisitive youngster, I often wondered why would we need to pray to not be led into temptation. God does not want us to sin, my friends. But here is the meaning. Christians are to pray that they be delivered from situations that would cause them to sin. Folks, it is easy to be drawn into sin. But we all need God's help to live righteous lives. Another method Jesus used to teach was comparison, as he did in Luke chapter 13, verses 18 through 21. In these verses, Jesus compares the kingdom of God to a mustard seed and to leaven. Listen to the two parables. Then he said, What is the kingdom of God like, and to what shall I compare it? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and put in his garden, and it grew and became a large tree, and the birds of the air nested in its branches. And again he said, To what shall I liken the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. Folks, there have been two traditional interpretations of these parables. The first is, the kingdom will start small and then grow and grow, the mustard seed growing and the leaven spreading. However, a closer look at the comparison reveals a mustard seed, which normally grows into a small bush, now has branches to support the weight of nesting birds. In these verses, the negative interpretation is, the kingdom grows, but is infiltrated by all types of evil. Leaven has long been a symbol of evil, and in these verses, evil is hidden, the kingdom grows, and evil grows within the kingdom. Now, the positive interpretation has the kingdom starting out small, then growing at a phenomenal rate. My friends, Christianity currently is the largest world religion and still growing, thanks to those who have taken the Great Commission to heart. In the second parable, three measures of meal was enough to feed over 100 people, yet a little leaven affects the entire batch. So, which interpretation is correct? Let's ask Jesus when we get to heaven. Jesus uses rebuke to teach his disciples in Luke chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. It reads, Then they also brought infants to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him and said, Let the little children come to me. And do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Folks, the disciples acted as screeners for Jesus, 
letting in those who they thought were deserving to see Jesus, and sending away those they thought did not earn an audience. Parents with sick children wanted healing for them just as much as adults with illnesses. Jesus rebuked his disciples for dismissing the children. Then he makes one of the most profound statements in the Bible, and that is, we must receive the kingdom of God as a little child. And so, my friends, we must examine what characteristics a child has and what characteristics an adult has. A child has trust, love, innocence, lack of power, lack of pretension, and lack of credentials. These are the qualities God can use to make disciples. Adults have greed, claims to fame, pretensions, domination, control, and power. God cannot use people with these character traits. So many people spend their whole life acquiring these character traits only to lose their soul. Jesus often used dialogue to teach, as he does in Luke chapter 18, verses 18 through 30. This is the conversation he has with the rich young ruler. Verse 18 says, Now a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Folks, the question that was asked should be asked by all who are unsaved. This question was a divisive point between the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the two leading groups of Jews. The Sadducees only used the first five books of the Old Testament and found no reference to resurrection. So, they denied the resurrection of the dead. The Pharisees followed the first five books, called the Law, and they also followed the Prophets and the Writings, and they contained references to the resurrection, such as Daniel, the twelfth chapter, the second verse. While calling Jesus good teacher, in verse 19, the young ruler had linked Jesus to God, for only God is good. In verse 20, Jesus says, You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. The young ruler answers in verse 21 that he has kept all of the commandments. Now that it was established that the ruler was a model Jew, there was only one thing left to do, and that was to follow Jesus. But before he could follow Jesus, the ruler had to show his obedience to the master by selling all of his possessions and distribute the earnings to the poor. My brothers and sisters, Peter, James, John, and Andrew left their fishing business and immediately followed Jesus. Matthew left his lucrative job as a tax collector and followed Jesus. But the ruler couldn't part with his idol, his money. Folks, whatever separates you from the Lord Jesus Christ is your idol. Are you willing to give up earthly temporary treasure for heavenly eternal riches? Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to teach us about your kingdom. In the name of the Lord of all, Jesus Christ, amen. And if you'd like to give your life to Jesus, go to our email address, 
hello at greatministries.org and type in the words, Jesus saved me. That is your confession of faith. I'll contact you with next steps. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church, send your prayer request, your praise reports, and your comments to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.